This is your Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes jam-packed with news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Today's top story, Atlanta is closing bars and restaurants. Did you see that? I didn't see that. Yeah, that just came out. The mayor of Atlanta said that they're closing bars and restaurants. And what's funny about that, not funny at all, but... If you see any of these headlines coming out of any city in the whole country, you can be sure it's coming to you. So bars and restaurants started in California. San Francisco is having a lockdown. All that stuff is going to happen everywhere. Yeah, when they start with those big cities like that that are staples, San Francisco, Los Angeles, New York, if they do it, most likely other cities are to follow. And they're going to make it look like a domino effect. The do- the mayors and governors probably think it's a domino effect, but in fact, it's coordinated or manipulated, in my opinion. But they're, they do give some kind of timeline indications, which, of course, are absolutely consistent with the Event 201 stuff, but which would say that the pivot point is May 1st and that it would last 18 months. Now, I find yeah. that really hard to believe they can keep that going. But I just read an article in the New York Times that said the 100-page U.S. virus plan anticipates an 18-month crisis. Yeah, I heard that leaked. They say it was leaked. I heard that last <laughs> night. And this is something that I had been thinking about because I've been looking back at the Spanish flu and it was the second wave that killed a bunch of people in the Spanish flu. The first wave wasn't as deadly. And I've been thinking about what they're preparing us for, because this feels like giant preparation for some impending future crisis. They could be prepping us for a second wave of this. It is going to be potentially more deadly and getting the public ready to act and ready to shelter themselves in and training them on how to live this new lifestyle because they could be getting us ready for an actual real threat. I mean, this could be a real threat, but one that's coming in, say, 18 months or so. Maybe. I've been thinking that the more I think about this, the more I observe it, the more I believe that this is is, is not bio-warfare, as some people are suggesting. It's simply psychological warfare, in my opinion. I definitely think that this is something to be put in place this particular psychological episode event is designed to get us ready by putting policies in place, by preparing us psychologically. Hadn't thought of actually having that thing that they're getting us ready for the actual trigger point in 18 months. I noticed a pattern like this is basically of the the magnitude of 9-11, in my opinion, and that was 20 years ago. And 20 years before that was that like crazy high interest rates. Ronald Reagan was elected and then shot. And then we did have a huge boom after that. But I just wonder, and then only 10 years before that, amazingly, was Watergate, which was a coup. And uh, less than or 10 years before that was JFK, his assassination. I just I feel like this. I feel like I don't really know, but I feel like this is the you know, the event of the decade. I think that that what you said yesterday made a lot of sense to me where this isn't snowpocalypse. It might be an earthquake or volcano, or it might be just a a even just more permanent than that, like 9-11 was. And I feel like they you need to get used to that as they level up to like a more dictatorial world. Definitely. We're being conditioned for this new reality. 
and the psychological aspect of it is having a major impact on people and the emotional aspect of it. People are genuinely afraid. The uncertainty is creating a lot of anxiety. I've talked to some of my friends who've called and they are they're worried. They don't know what's going to happen. They don't know what they're going to be able to do. They don't know if they're going to have a job when they get back. They don't know if they're going to be able to get a job when they get back. Well, that's why they're ushering in unprecedented socialism at the hands of a Republican. If this were Obama pushing out UBI, people would be complaining, but they're not. Yeah, I'm going to have $2,000 worth of toilet paper and paper towels once I get that check. Use it wisely. If you can get it. <laughs> I don't if know. What, what are the requirements it. of it? I haven't read the specifics of it. No, no. I mean, if you can get the toilet paper. Oh, the toilet paper. The toilet paper. The only thing I heard was that millionaires are not getting it. So they'll be paying it, but they won't be getting well, it. Well, the alarm over items running short, I think that's going to dissipate because what I've noticed in my area is that items are now there for the most part. Toilet paper yeah. you can get if yeah. you get there early in the morning. They're holding it back. They're restocking it. They aren't out of stuff. They're just pulling it from the shelves so that people don't hoard it. And they're also, this is interesting, because only 50 people at a time, there's been an order in the Atlanta area, only 50 people at a time can be in the same place. People are having to wait outside because, like a, a Sam's Club, there might be 50 people that work at a Sam's Club. So you're going to have to cut staff, and you're going to have to limit the number of people that are in the stores at the same time. And so what's happening is lines are forming, I guess, six feet, six feet spaced lines are forming outside of the Sam's Clubs, the Costco's, the Walmarts. Well, I think that I do think that the supplies will keep coming. I mean, they'd really be ushering in countrywide starvation, true deprivation. Now, they might start soup kitchens, which would be very hard to run. I don't know how far they're, they're really going to go with this. <laughs> soup kitchen robots. That's if what they're, they're talking they're about. Ready to go. The World they're Economic Forum is talking about how technology, the other countries, the Asian countries use technology and mass surveillance to clamp down and end because Wuhan had no new cases yesterday. And they're saying that's a celebration. All these draconian methods worked. And the World Economic Forum is writing articles about how successful their technological and mass surveillance tactics were. And robots are part of this like Dr. Robots. This whole jump-starting the tech revolution is a big part. I saw a headline that said the EU is asking Netflix to slow down streaming so it yeah. doesn't break the internet. Yeah. And I feel like that's obviously a spark so people demand 5G or demand something and they will get something, whatever that thing is that's in the shoot. I assume it's 5G. Can I say one more thing about the Spanish flu? The first wave, from my understanding, the people who got sick in the first wave and survived were immune. I don't know all my details of the Spanish flu. I'm just learning about it now. But from my understanding, they were immune the second time it came around. I They're think, already saying that's not true for COVID, which is absolutely I know. preposterous. I have seen some articles I mean, where it's like, then why is everybody quarantined? I'm, why is anybody And how does a vaccine work if actually getting it doesn't stop you from getting it again? Right. That's what a vaccine does. Yeah. And a vaccine actually is a harder one to deal with because it goes right to the adaptive immune system and not to the innate immune system, which has a broader base of immunity. Yeah, I would say that it's got to be one of the things, at least on the table for consideration, that getting the disease now, if it's believed that this is a lesser version of it, and if they are going by the Spanish flu model, I don't know if they are. There's so many possibilities and ways this could go that they could be creating hum immunity in that way. Although, like you said, they are now claiming that that is not the case. And I saw some people who are voluntarily, they're getting like 4000 bucks, but they're testing these new vaccines. 
I saw an interview on CNN. CNN is now rolling out these interviews of all these patients who had it. And the person I watched who had it last night was like, yeah, I had a fever of 99 and then it was gone in a few hours. And I, I felt fine other than that. But they told me I had COVID-19. Yeah, because it's just a cold. It, and yeah, most it, people get no symptoms at all. When there's no symptoms and you don't feel anything, you just have to trust us that you have it, which is what Sanjay Gupta said last night. He's like, you're not even going to know you have it. You're not going to know you spread it. Stay in your house. He said this on CNN. Stay in your house. Don't go anywhere. You're going to spread it and don't even know it. That's why it's ridiculous to say what the mortality rate is. There was an article, front page of the Wall Street Journal, limited testing has blinded Americans to the scale of this outbreak. And that, of course, is the reason for, in my opinion, the reason for limited testing is so that they don't actually point out that like a billion people have it and only a couple of thousand have died, which is exactly what it would be for any kind of cold or flu that kills old people with pneumonia. Yeah. So I think that's what that's why they're not going to roll out the big tests, although they are rolling them out drive through. Yeah, I did see that They're popping That's, up all over the country. Yeah, and they and they are going to use the lack of tests. It says another article right on the front page: America needed tests. The government failed. Yeah. So this is all part of the whole. We're not prepared enough. Use this black swan event or whatever to implement, uh, you know, a technocracy. Technocracy. A, a it's. Government run by technocrats who can central plan with the technology that is now available. Absolutely. We are all, I know that we have said this, but it's worth repeating. We are being digitized right now more than we ever have before. The only interactions that we're having that we're being told to have are online. Go online, have your social interaction. Stay with away six feet away from people in your own house. Stay six feet away from people. <laughs> That's so ridiculous. It's, it's nuts. Stay six feet away from people outside. You see people walking their dogs. People are crossing streets. They're, you know, they're distancing themselves. There's no real interactions, no physical interactions going on. It's I crazy. agree with you that the, all that data will educate AI like nothing yeah. else. And don't forget that Quartz article, which, I mean, obviously it was a limited hangout. But it was about the NSA and the CIA creating Google as a way to use people's searches, which I gleaned from the article, have a deeper psychological uh, cache of information than what you think you know about yourself. So that they were using that to establish birds of a feather, which we then either guessed or it actually said could be artificial. So the more people they have, I mean, in my mind, they want to create birds of a feather for for possibly every single individual, and they want to be able to do that automatically. So they want AI that can create, that can look at you and determine how to have your little birds of a feather world interact with you, even if there's nobody there. That's interesting. This could very well lead to the VR world, the augmented reality world, and people who, digital people who can't be infected, expediting that technology. Also, Twitter and Facebook are suppressing humor. Yeah. So sarcasm is something that Google and Jigsaw yeah. have been working on in order to perfect their AI. They need a lot of examples of it. Now, I would think they would want examples of it in this case, but I feel like they're not ready to deal with it. So they're suppressing it. Also, humor is very helpful in disarming psychological fears, psychological absurdities, which this whole thing is full of. 
So I would say, while it would be great for them, I think, to have all the humor and sarcasm that could come out of this, they're actually suppressing it. Yeah, which is why Stephen Colbert is prevalent on social media, because if he were humorous, he would be suppressed. <laughs> That's an excellent, excellent point. Oh, by the way, I wanted to say that Trump claims that this anti-malarial drug works and that they're going to push it through. And then he's being made fun of because people are saying, well, the FDA isn't saying that's true or whatever. But the reality is it's a way, I think, is a way to get it out there that things are getting pushed through without the normal channels. Well, he did pass, maybe it was a year and a half ago, the right to try law. <laughs> Oh, yes, yes. And you're saying this could that very helps well with be experimental. Possibly. He also, he also passed an EMP executive order last year. As somebody said to me, I'm still trying to get my mind around it, that's supposed to set up a defense against an electromagnetic pulse, which is a weapon, or a solar flare. So I wonder if, they're, if they're, Th that's, that's what all the solar radiation is. Uh, I was thinking about. about that last night, is we're definitely being prepared for a war a war against a silent, invisible enemy, a lot of these characteristics transfer to cyber warfare. Cyber warfare is going to be unlike anything that we've ever known before. We're already engaged in it and not even realizing it, but it is somewhat of an invisible enemy. It's a new type of warfare. Well, it's because you live in the virtual world, and that's where the attacks are coming from. I mean, yeah. really, to get completely sucked into the virtual world like what's happening right now is just so empowering to the people who control that world. They really literally control that world. I wonder if the filming of The Matrix, all the other films have been put on hold basically the matrix is there another matrix matrix 4 has been filming and is set to come out i think maybe last this one was year terrible unwatchable like whatever like the third one this is ah, like it's terrible they got the fourth one coming out at the same time we're all being assimilated into the matrix yeah i'd be curious to see it i did want people to think about just go outside i've gotten lots of feedback different kinds of feedback Go outside, look at the sky. If you're not seeing any contrails, chemtrails, whatever your preferred term, if you're not seeing any of that ever, really look at the sky, take pictures of the sky. This might be your last chance to see a natural sky, to understand what it really looks like. They're going to say it's because there's no smog, whatever, 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 whatever. But this is natural weather, natural skies. If you're, if you're not, I mean, Delta said they were suspending 70% of their flights yesterday. So I'm just telling you, take this. If there's one thing to come out of this that has some value to you, it could be to see the natural, you know, what God's vision of beauty that which we never get to see. I used to love sunsets and watching clouds and stuff. And I can't now because they're all messed up. And with springtime here and it is beautiful out today and warm weather. I mean, we are drawn to come out of the cave and go out and interact and be social. Oh, and they're going to say you can't. And we can't do it. Yeah. 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 Hey, so yesterday, remember I said I was just on the back of the envelope. I was like, I bet this is a $10 trillion economic hit. Yeah. Front headline that flitted across my screen, I think it was from Market Watch, some big billionaire investor guy says $12 trillion global hit, which sounds right to me. And also, by coincidence, I did not think about this yesterday, but Event 201 said it would be an 11% drop in GDP. I calculated the $10 billion based on what I thought just at the top of my head, estimated world production and two months off of that. 
And I don't know where this guy got his numbers, but it's funny. All three of those numbers are converging and we actually have, I think it's quantifiable. And then you can compare that, add to that cost, how much this is really costing us individually as far as fear and aggravation and all that, and compare that with the value. And the value is the quality, uh, one year of, the way you measure it is you divide it by the number of years of quality, years of life that have livable quality into that number. And it would not be how many lives are saved, it's how many year over year lives are saved. So if there's no increase, if there was no increase in the number of pneumonia deaths in December of 2019 in China versus December 2018, and my guess is there yeah. isn't, this is a complete waste of money. And, and that is and the, effort. Yeah, absolutely. That's the problem with the statistics that they give is they give them in a vacuum. They don't give them comparable to all the other deaths that naturally occur on a given day in a given year. I believe it's like 7,000 people die a day in America, something like that. Well, I calculated that 10,000 people die of pneumonia per month in China, month in and month out. So yeah. I never even heard that 10,000 people uh, yeah. died a month in China. And if those numbers were reported in the same fashion that yeah, these but are they being won't. reported, I know. And this is why- It would be just as much fear and panic. This is why, as a libertarian, my father always taught me never to approve of government-funded research. And he just said, because it was illegitimate function of government and they're stealing your money, but it's much worse than that. It means they control information, they control science, and if you don't do what they want, you're not getting it. So when they go around bailing people out, they're not bailing everybody out. They're only going to bail out who they want. So Carnival, they will bail out. Norwegian, of course, isn't even American, but yeah. I doubt they will bail them out. Speaking of control of information, Twitter has been banning misleading coronavirus information and an example of some of the misleading coronavirus information are these these statements are barred from Twitter. Quote, the news about washing your hands is propaganda for the soap companies. Stuff like that is banned from Twitter. Another example is use aromatherapy and essential oils to prevent COVID-19. Statements like that are banned from Twitter. Seems like the interpretation of that can be pretty broad because those seem more like opinions, maybe unwise opinions, but they seem more like opinion statements than facts or misinformation. I guess it's protecting for the dumbest person. I guess that that's the philosophy here. Like well, the don't drink Clorox thing we keep hearing all the yes. time. I, I don't need to be told that. That's the best advice it I goes, can get. It goes to this assumption that they're teaching kids as like a scientific principle that information accuracy is relies solely on authority. Yeah. Not evidence. Google News Initiative. So as they talk about authority, I've seen other places, other resources say, we have decided to suspend all user comments and direct people strictly to authoritative sites on health information because of how deadly inaccurate information can be right now. Yeah. Who's checking the authoritative sites? Who's watching the watchers? Well, that's the thing. It's supposed I mean, to be us, but we're getting, people are getting booted for watching the watchers. They have to be part of the continuum, which is the CDC, the WHO, all the people who are in event 201. The, uh, what somebody sent me a picture of a an ad from the CDC, a job, uh, workers wanted ad, 
one from now and one from November 15th. And it said the November 15th one said this, this ad will be posted from November 15th to March 15th. And it said uh, quarantine workers wanted, and it listed a bunch of cities. It was like Atlanta, LA, whatever from November. Really? And then, yes. And I think it had like the same job description code. And it said like to screen immigrants or something. And then in the second one, it said to screen immigrants uh, for infectious diseases. But in the first one, it didn't quite say that. But so thank you very much, friend of show, for that. It was that really interesting. That is interesting. Really interesting. And it looked real. I mean, this these the person who sent it to me isn't like trolling me or pie in the sky stuff. He's a reliable source, as they say. Yeah. Although he is not an authority. Well, we're gonna we're not gonna hold him to that same standard Twitter uses. Uh huh. So uh, the but uh, about Carnival for a sec. So Carnival, all the cruises that were in a panic. There were five or six of them. I mentioned them to you. Like the anything with Princess on it and a couple of other ones are all Carnival. So all your terror stuff, all your panic stuff, all your stupid decisions, everybody who contributed, every cruise story that contributed to the overall official narrative came out of Carnival Cruises. Yeah. And I speculated that consistent with the founding of Carnival Cruises, that they did that because they are participants in this and that they will benefit from it. So yesterday I saw a somebody tweeted at me a little video clip from the news of the CEO, I guess, of Carnival asking for bailouts. Now, someone responded to that tweet saying, how could they possibly... Oh, no, I got two responses to the tweet. This is very interesting. One was, that's two totally separate comments. One said, that's ridiculous. How could a cruise be essential? And somebody else said, well, they should just dock them in ports and make them triage centers. So today, this was last night at like midnight. Today, Trump said that they want to use Carnival Cruises as hospital ships, and the stock went up like 6%. They want to use Carnival Cruises as hospital ships. I saw the hospital ship thing a couple days ago, and I'm like, is this really a good idea to put coronavirus patients back on a ship? But they actual- Those particular ships. That is crazy. I know, and the stock went right up. Well, good for their stock. Now they're going to concentrate a bunch of more old people on a ship and leave them to die. I don't know, man, but it's a way that Trump can give the guy money, (laughs) you know? That is so crazy. Isn't that messed up? Yeah. So there was a woman yesterday, and it was over the weekend. Yesterday the story came out because they found her, who went to a hospital in Newark, New Jersey, and tested positive. She did a coronavirus test, came back positive. However... She had given the hospital a fake name and a fake address. And it's interesting to read the article because the article talks about, it It says the woman tested positive and then it goes to the next paragraph and it says, when health officials showed up to her house, the address she had given. So right there, I'm kind of like, wait a minute. Health officials went to her house to go tell her what her test results were. So a quarantine team went to her house to go pick her up is what it sounds like I'm reading between the lines here. And she was not there because there was nobody associated with that name at that address. Turns out it was a fake address. The mayor of Newark came out and gave this very, very kind of threatening press conference where he's saying, we are 
trying to find a woman who is basically on the run. I mean, the way he was talking about it is like she was a fugitive and all hands on deck need to find this woman. And he said, we are talking to the hospital, hoping that they're going to give us the information that we need so that this woman who is a threat to the community does not spread this virus. And they kept mentioning, hopefully the hospital is going to cooperate. We have a court order trying to force them to give us all the necessary information. And then he talks to the general public saying, wash your hands, stay at home, don't spread this virus. And at no point in time did he ever say to that woman, hey, don't touch people, you tested positive. He did say you tested positive. He didn't say you're contagious, which Mm -hmm. I thought was kind of odd. He just talked about her as though she was a fugitive and... He ended it by saying, ma'am, we are looking for you and we are going to find you. <laughs> really? Yeah. And well, they found her. You know, you learn with kids and dogs and stuff. You don't do that. If your dog runs out of the house, you don't say, get back here right now because I'm going to beat you. You say, hey, sweetie, want, want a snacky treat? You know, like you get them back in there. This is very you threatening. Don't, she's obviously scared. Yeah. I mean, if it's even a true story, but she's obviously scared of exactly what they were going to do, and which a, is yeah. take her away and put her in a place with a bunch of sick people. Yeah, and he told the public in the midst of this press conference, if you go to get checked to the hospital, you oh must give a real name, you must give oh a real address, and you must give an emergency contact. You know what he's doing? He's deterring people from getting tested. Absolutely. Great thought. Yeah, that's exactly Because nobody's going to get tested with that of kind of not. condition. That's what I was afraid of. I was like, look, if anybody gets sick, you know, they're going to send the, the uh, health police over the house. I'm afraid like, to touch just, my freaking face while yeah, I'm driving your, down the street take your at vitamins, this point. vitamins, man. And later that night, I don't know if it was related to this case, an 8 p.m. curfew was enacted in Newark, New Jersey. 8 p.m. Well, that's just the beginning because there's a shelter in place in San Francisco, which is day and night. And by the way, speaking of which, James Corbett did a video recently yesterday, the day before, maybe even uh, called Medical Martial Law. And it talks about Bush putting all this stuff in place and that it's North America, not just the United States. So it's uh, like a North American Union type, which is completely unconstitutional to have these uh, laws that make us subject to other people's legislation. Yeah, I, I guess. think we're going to see an explosion of the coronavirus in Mexico. Well, I, I said like May 1st, when it peaks here, it's going to start rolling down South. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. I mean, Mexico is North of the equator. I don't know how the like seasons work for flu, but I completely expect it to go down and around. They're very clear in the world economic forum, dispelling six, myths of the coronavirus i watched last night and they said the myth that it will not survive through the warm weather the spanish flu spread all through warm weather and they were adamant about it very much can spread through warm weather so i think it probably will continue the johns hopkins guy said after i assumed that's how it was gonna go he said like a guy who's actually talking about the real one supposedly he said it'll go down south and then come back so they're already getting us ready for whatever they want to roll out. Right. I just don't know how much people will take. I mean, I know it looks like people will take a lot, and they will. And psyops, I read about psyops. They they roll them out, and then they and then if they work well, they like double up, and if they don't, they pull back. They can change the story, stuff like that. It's yeah. like testing. 
And I do believe that people have a breaking point. I would say it's a function of how bad it is and how abruptly it happens. So to the extent that they kind of put a bunch of stuff on us and we think it's snowpocalypse, so we take it and then they pull back a little bit and we're like, oh, it's just temporary. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of ways that they can pull and push. And so I don't think you can say whatever they laid out in eventual one about the 18 months and all that could be, you can't count on it being followed word for word. So far, it is being followed word for word. You're right. They're fluid based on the way the public reacts. You read Bernays material, he's very much, you have the plan in place, but based on the reaction to the public, you adjust the plan to meet that reaction. Yeah, that is in like the actual psyops documents. There's a couple of other things. I did do a little research on Netanyahu, but if before we move on to that, if you oh the thing that I thought was interesting, part of our new normal, we're going to see a lot of things drive through because we still got to get the stuff we need, but we can't get near each other. So they're going to be minimum amounts of workers, and everything's going to be drive through, drive through testing. These places are popping up. Only drive through takeout. Not going to be able to go into restaurants. Drive through peep shows at, for strip clubs in Los Angeles. Well, that's New York used to have the uh, you would get into a booth, there would be like a, a circle, yeah, and people would get into the booths around so you would never ever see anyone. But I would yeah. not say that was a sanitary environment. One final one drive through confessionals, which is a priest sitting in an empty parking lot with an old man directing traffic. People drive by. He's just sitting in a chair in a parking lot. People drive by. He's blindfolded. The priest is blindfolded. Well, can they do mass that way? Let's do a drive-in, like a drive-in movie theater. One-on-one mass. Mass. That could be the next evolution of this. There would be some digital online That would be great. No, I don't want it to be digital. I want him, you know, because digital doesn't work. People will just watch it on TV. That's not mass. He's got to preach the same sermon to everybody everybody in the congregation. It's not mass, though. You have to be in the presence of the Eucharist. Right. It's going to be work until it's a robot priest. That's not Catholic. It's not going to work. I mean, they can say it, but now Russia (laughs) isn't falling for that. Russia is doubling their servings of communion wine. Really? So, because they say it kills the virus, which I believe it does. So Netanyahu, okay, Netanyahu shut down the judiciary and the Knesset. So the parliament, so the entire judicial system. So like, think of our system, right? We have the legislative branch, we have the judicial branch, and then we have the executive branch. He shut the other two branches down as he's about to lose power. And as he was allowed to, just about to start a trial on Tuesday for three very, very serious indictments, bribery, fraud, and breach of trust. He lost three elections. Gantz, his competitor, was selected by the premier, I guess, or I don't know which is which, the president, premier, whatever. Whoever gets to decide or ask, invite him to form a government, they invited Gantz to do so, not Netanyahu. So Netanyahu is basically fighting for his life, and the Israelis who uh, object to him are saying he's exploiting the coronavirus for his own power, which when I tweeted that, people were like, oh, really? Join the club. Wow. So, oh, and they're also confiscating telephone information. So you could get a text that says, based on your, you know, our algorithm, you might have come in contact with the coronavirus. But I'm sure they're completely avoiding looking at people who are trying to work against Netanyahu. They're not at all looking at any other data on your phone that might indicate your political activity. I'm sure it's just 100% meant to be nice. That's so, absurd to think that people could do that, could separate 
looking at just one piece of information on people's private phones and digging into the rest of it. Of course they're looking so, at the rest of the info. I wanted to read a paragraph from Event 201, but I won't. I'll no, read it. it for tomorrow. And then I had something funny. So go for it. We have time for both. Yeah. Okay. So this is what I want to say. This event 201 call to action from Johns Hopkins is maybe 10 big paragraphs long. And I was going to go through and try to find all the headlines and everything that go with each and every line item here. But I'm not going to do that. If you're at all plugged into the news, which you would be if you're listening to the show and engaged in that way, I'm just going to read one paragraph a day. I've done, we've talked about this in Toto, but we're, let's just read one paragraph a day. And you can see if this bears resemblance to what's actually happening in the world. It says, uh, Event 201, a global pandemic exercise. This is from October 2019. Public-private cooperation for pandemic preparedness and response, a call to action. Here's the first paragraph, and I'll read it as the days go by. The next severe pandemic will not only cause great illness and loss of life, but could also trigger major cascading economic and societal consequences that could contribute greatly to global impact and suffering. Efforts to prevent such consequences or respond to them as they unfold will require unprecedented levels of collaboration between governments, international organizations, and the private sector. There have been important efforts to engage the private sector in epidemic and outbreak preparedness at the national or regional level. However, there are major unmet global vulnerabilities and international system challenges posed by pandemics that will require new, robust forms of public-private cooperation to address. I will point out the news from yesterday. Trump said we're doing the Development Production uh, Defense Production Act, calling in war powers to get the private sector to force them to accept government contracts. Yeah. That's been all over the news. And I'm not picking and choosing. That's the first paragraph. I'll read you more later. And here's my funny. Here's my funny. I'm going to show you a picture. All right. (laughs) My husband said, I could hear him say to the kids, oh my goodness. Mom's going to be so freaking excited. And they're like, what? What? He had just gotten in the mail. He's like, just tell her. So l- look at this picture. Do you know that who that is? I can't. No, I think I know, but I can't put my... Oh, you do? I can, okay. Yeah, it's vague in my mind. It's crystallized <laughs> it for me. <laughs> it's like, tell her that Hans Hermann Hoppe is on the cover of The Austrian. <laughs> I was like, so this is the Mises, the Mises magazine that you get like every month or every other month. And Hans Hermann, like I've actually begged my husband for the hall pass to like go on the cruise in like Germany with Hans Hermann Hoppe. <laughs> like, with old Hans there. I know Hans. So I'm That's super hilarious. excited for this month's Austrian. I'm just going to really just drink a glass of wine. Pour myself a glass of sherry, right? Exactly. Turn some music on and just cuddle up with Austrian. my with my Hans Hermann. You're right. Before the show, in depth interview. Yeah, we were testing levels before the show, and I was trying to get Monica to get animated so I could <laughs> see the levels. And I said, just imagine Ron Paul walked in the room in, in a bathing suit holding an economics book. I was like, it's better than that. <laughs> I was like, I actually do. <laughs> it's even better than that. What happens to me today? You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at the Prop Report at 4 p.m. or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. Keep your hands clean. Don't touch your face. Or wash your hands after you touch your face. 
Just enjoy the weather outside at a distance, I guess. And we'll talk to you guys tomorrow.